Welcome to Third Tuesday Conversation, a monthly podcast that focuses on the ministry of faith formation with children, youth, and families in ELCA congregations. Our goal is to engage in conversations that strengthen and empower your ministry world. This podcast is produced by the ELCA Youth Ministry Network. I'm Elizabeth Patterson. I'm Danica Olson. And I'm Adam Butler. Hello, everyone. What's he going to say next? That I just saying hello. Oh, hi. <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> hi. How's it going? Good. It's great. I have a little bit of a baritone voice today. I'm sorry about that. I am got my post-confirmation cold living in my mm-hmm. head. And so bear with me as I Are you going to sing my sticky shoe what? for us later? Oh, come on. Aren't you a Friends fan? I don't remember that. I when am Phoebe, a Friends fan. When Phoebe has the sexy phlegm. Oh, gosh. I better brush up on that. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Anyway, anyway, (laughs) it seems like the sickness is all around. So sorry you got it. My kid had nine kids in her class yesterday. Yikes! Out of what? (laughs) Twenty-three. Wow, nine. Yuck. So it's all around. Fun. Vitamins. Two C, one zinc, twice a day. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. You didn't know you were signing up for a uh, youth ministry conversation and medical advice by we're someone si- who has no medical training. <laughs> yeah. We're trying, we're trying a little crossover uh, podcast today. We also could operate on you if you'd like. <laughs> Can not guarantee any results, but. But I stayed at a holiday express last night. <laughs> we're willing to give it. Do a we try. get that? Do we still get that joke? Is that still a thing? I don't get it. It's a really old joke. <laughs> I don't get it at all. Uh, for those of you out there who understand, you're welcome. Well, what uh, what should we talk about today? <laughs> is that is that both? Does that instill confidence in folks? Should we cut that? No, we're leaving it in. Adam, <clears throat> I don't know. Let's throw something out. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um. Well, I am wondering about something. If you if you were wondering if I was wondering, I am. I am always. Wondering. He's always wondering. You are um, the wanderer. But <laughs> the wanderer or the wanderer? Both. I one hundred percent both. As I wander. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway, just get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> How much longer can we stall? Uh, I am wondering a little bit about um, about generosity. Uh, our congregation has recently gone through our stewardship uh, campaign, and I know it's probably on the the minds of, of folks here in the month of November. Uh, maybe everyone's on different schedules, so I can't assume to know that everyone's like thinking about it right now. But it does have me thinking about um, about uh, generosity right now, uh, in particular, and um, I think it's an, an important thing to wonder about how we approach generosity and conversations and activities and um, opportunities for young people in all ages of CYF uh, ministry. Um, I was talking with one of my youth staff members here at uh, in my <coughs> congregation about, about youth ministry and what's ahead. And uh, one of the things that he was talking about was uh, 
service and not necessarily the area of service when it comes to service trips or service projects or those kinds of things, but more, how are we raising up servant-minded and servant-hearted young people that extends beyond just like uh, the normal ways we think of being generous with our time and our money and our energy, but how that becomes the way that we are inclined toward each other in um, in impactful ways. And so uh, that's what I'm wondering about is, is how do we have conversations around generosity, specifically, you know, the, the, the standard model of like, how can you give me the things that you have, or how can you be generous with the things that you have been given, but also just what it means to be, to be generous toward another person and how we, how this world might be impacted by servant-minded young people. So what do you think? What do you think? <laughs> I think a part of it is like naming what is already here, right? Like when we talk about gen- being generous with your time or your resources or whatever, when, when we're trying to connect it with young people, like I think of all the young people who are generous in our ministries, you know, the ones who go out of their way to be a confirmation leader or show up every Sunday morning to help with, you know, help to lead in church school and wonder about how we can help make the connection for them that like this is a part of being generous and and it matters to our story as a congregation and to your story too but that like it's a bigger thing than you just rolling out of bed and coming here like this this really matters to what we're doing here to our ministry and to the people that you are working with and I don't know. So, I mean, some of it, I wonder, is an intentional naming a little bit? Or were you mm. thinking like some something different? No, I just, I am I'm always kind of wondering about like the the language that we use around. I mean, we're, we're always as, as like big C church trying to figure out how we talk about stewardship and generosity just in general on a larger level, but even more so uh, with with young people in their in their families, ones that have that are maybe uh, coming back to church after COVID, or coming back to church after having kids, or have been disconnected from church um, and the rhythm of church for however long it's been, or just as as we continue to go on in years as a church, the the insider language of what it means to be generous and stu- good stewards and things like that. I'm I just am wondering how continuing to use those kind of traditional models of of generous generosity are missing now a new wave of people coming through the church by using different language and and mm-hmm. different models like how do we engage that conversation with with people who haven't lost generosity or lost being mm-hmm. servants they just are um you know we're, we're we've got a different wave of them coming through and the, the the same language isn't falling on the on ears the same way yeah well and uh, in not trying to oversimplify uh the people who uh, who participate in, in our congregations but you know it's thinking about our consumer culture and how churches can be another thing to consume i'm not pointing any fingers at you know and saying that this is true you know capital t true but there is that that temptation to uh, look at church as something to consume, and and so then it's the invitation to shift your thinking from this isn't something that I am getting only 
only getting something out of, but that I'm invited into uh, something bigger here and to to participate in a way where I am making the thing what the thing is, you know, and that we can't do it without that. Mm. Don't you think it's a little bit back to the conversation we had with Marco about how we invite kids into agency and identity that like the questions we ask them, but also the things that they're invited into, but then reminded that it matters. Kind of like what you said, Elizabeth, like being sure that they know this actually makes a really big difference here. And it's not just about showing up on a Sunday morning. It's about something bigger that you're creating a relationship or you're, I think when people know that they matter and what they do matters, generosity follows. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I think so. I, I want to believe in that. I mean, there is a part of, you know, there's a part of fundraising that is strategic and intentional and very, you know, very much you have to be kind of in people's faces about it. But the other part of of talking about generosity and and the generosity following the the work is that piece that you're talking about, which is telling a good story, showing people their impact, involving them in the storytelling and in the work, even if they can't physically be there. I mean, the best kinds of charities that people give a lot of money to are the ones that can tell a good story and make you feel like you're a part of it, even if you're not actually a part of it aside from your financial donation. But and and that's where I think the the piece of impact comes into play and I think that's the that's the 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 realm or the arena that you can really dive into with with young people is because of that what you're talking what you what we were talking about with with uh Marco is that I want to know my impact and I want to know my identity mm-hmm. through the, the impact that I can have on others. And that's why I think, you know, for a lot of young people, you know, the the things that they can see themselves making an impact in are the ones that they want to put pour their heart into more. And I just kind of wonder about, th- about that sometimes within the current models of how we structure uh, youth ministry. And, and, you know, if we think about the larger conversations we've had on this podcast and in our own groups about what youth ministry looks like in the years ahead, mm-hmm. I wonder about how we start to talk about servant-minded young people and generosity and, and impact in a way that actually promotes that kind of thing. That doesn't necessarily mean like dollars in our budgets from young people, but means like a, a real heavy investment in the work that we're doing and the work that they are participating in. Um, that to me is way more important than dollars anyway. But I do think that you're right, that a byproduct of that is investment from their families and generosity and things like that. But I'm less concerned about that part of it than I am about the instillment of being generous souls, not just with money, but with like attitudes and compassion and love and things like that, that are growing people who are dependent on one another instead of trying to like pull themselves away from each other, which we, which we know is like a cultural thing for Mm. a largely cultural thing in the United States. It certainly isn't for everyone, but. I think that, you know, something that I have personally been trying to articulate for a long time 
in regard to like where youth ministry is heading goes right along with this, like creating a culture of generosity where in all people have a part of this thing that we're trying to do and be as followers of Jesus. That like this isn't a come and consume each week and leave and go back to your life. It's a like we are all a part of this and there is something that we're trying to a mission, God's mission that we're trying to move toward. And we all have a crucial role in that. I think that that, you know, that's, that is where youth ministry is. And, you know, I'm, I'm seeing just by chance the, you know, the ones who have found their way to, to giving their time to the ministries here, that that is, that connects and that brings you know, purpose and belonging, you know, it's those three words, the identity, purpose, and belonging, right? And the more that we can draw out or articulate this gen- this sense of generosity or who that you have something to offer in not only this community, but the world and what God is doing in, in your life and in the life of the people around you, that like, it almost is, you know, just helping, helping our young people to realize that they do have something valuable to offer, right? Like calling the thing what it is. This is important. You are important. We need you here. But it doesn't always like super work that way, right? Like we don't have the infrastructure everywhere to like really draw them into it. It's like, oh, you have something to give, but we don't have anywhere for you to give it, you know, (laughs) in some sense. Yeah. I mean, if that doesn't sum up a great deal of our problems, right? Is that we're like busy telling young people how much they have to give and how worthwhile they are and how much we, and then finding wit, like places for them to give those things. That's the part that the I challenge. haven't figured out yet. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it kind of happens, but on its own sometimes, you know. This is maybe a random connection, but as you were saying that, I was thinking for a long time, we've taken habitat trips with our teenagers and every single year we run into more and more rules around whether or not they can serve. So like they're eager and they've they're ready and oh you can't cuz you're not this age and you're not this certified and you're not this, you know. Mm-hmm. So I do think yeah, we need you and we're this is, you know, a great place and a this and a that, but we put so much red tape around what the heck they actually can do or we assume that they may not be capable of something, but haven't actually taken the time to listen or to see that they can. And it's not just in habitat. Like I get I get the safety piece. Like I'm not I'm not slamming <laughs> habitat by any stretch of imagination. But it just like it gets it's harder and harder and more and more limiting to find places where young people who do have generous hearts and who are very excited about serving their neighbor they they run into brick walls because they're not old enough or you know mm. i mean thinking about we just came off of an election, an election like 18 years is the voting age and we've got lots of kids who are passionate and probably more knowledgeable about a lot of political topics um than many of our over 18 population yeah Anyway, I, I don't I'm not trying to diss or dog on anything, just that like it is a challenge to figure out how we not only foster a generosity and a spirit of caring for the common good, but then hold it in such a way that 
stays as something and not something that fizzles out because they have to wait some time to serve or to vote or to, you Mm. know, do you get what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think it's the, it is, it's the, it's the constant kind of struggle we have within church structures of who holds power and who, who gets to have power and, and what it actually means to allow for those who go through their affirmation of baptism and become full members of the church. Like when do they get to take on that responsibility in a way that is meaningful, you know, is, you know, you talk about an election, right? Like, I mean, we're hearing about 25 year old representative and an 89 year old Senator, right? I mean, so like the, and I'm not saying that either one of those is not supposed to be there. It's just a matter of like how we're allowing for the, those generations to maybe learn from each other, but also to represent the people that are coming through. And so uh, without making this into a, a conversation about elections, I mean, we can think about what that means within the context of our own uh, ministry spaces and who who is able to represent the the ideas and the uh, kind of the spirit of their own age and their own uh, demographic. I mean, I I have not personally been uh, in the world of campus ministry, but I was just talking to a, a, a pastor colleague around around here in my area that is now a, a pastor in a congregation, but worked in campus ministry a lot. And that is a you know, just in having conversations with them, that is a completely different realm of like who holds power and who gets to determine what ministry looks like, right? You can't have campus ministry unless the people who are going to the school and living on the campus are in charge of saying what campus ministry is. On the flip side, when we when we apply it to an, an entire congregation, obviously you have many, many more generations of people within the structure of a congregation, but also who is determining what ministry looks like. And I'm not saying that like you give all the power to the power to the young people, because then you you are going to lose a, a, a chunk of that. But taking this all the way back to servant-minded and generous people, what is the 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 language we're delivering to the entire congregation that lands for everyone? And what are the ways that we're adapting the things we're saying to those who speak Christianese and those who, those who, those who don't? And um, being mindful of, of the ways that we're involving uh, young people in the, 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 the true life of the congregation, not just in kind of peripheral, Peripheral? Is that the word? In peripheral ways. Mm-hmm, peripheral. I am like scanning through, like, yes, I'm scanning through all the these images of, you know, yeah, come out of affirmation of baptism. And it's like, what okay, what what do what is your vision for living out your faith now? And it, I, maybe, maybe we haven't um equipped them enough to to know to, how to ask or what how to be involved or what I, I don't know I don't um I think well we know that there's some a miss haven't somewhere given them examples of where that's the thing yeah right as young people. I, I want to be like whatever matters to you like let me let's do it like you want to conquer the world let's conquer the world together tell me what you want I am here to help you you know but also how do they even know what is there have we given them an imagination for like 
I really care about this and I know that I can go to my church and have a place there to make a difference in this way. That is absolutely where I'd love to end up. But what is what do we need to do to equip and offer opportunities? And not only the sense of generosity, but the um, agency to to know that like, yeah, you you belong here. You have something to do. You can. You can do this here. But what I mean, what do we what do we need to do to get there? I mean, this is this is so many podcasts wrapped into one right here. <laughs> like, you know, I'm thinking public church framework and and the conversations that we've had with Kara and Marco and all the like the end of youth group and like one day we're gonna put our pin in it, a pin in it, but it's gonna take a lot of well, what do we what do we how do we get it's going to take a lot of conversations to figure out what we're even envisioning right and i and i don't even know i don't have a clear picture of what exactly that is i think the church as a whole is in this sort of liminal space of like we don't yet know what will be and we're not quite sure who we the church will be in the world and there's a bit of identity crisis so i think there's also a piece of like Yes, it is a lot of podcasts in one. But until the church even understands what does generosity mean, I think there will be a conundrum for how we help foster generosity in young people and old people and all the people in between, because the church has maybe a bit of a broken definition of what it means to be generous, especially when you set it alongside the Jesus narrative. Right. That like generosity isn't about what you put in the plate necessarily. It's so much more encompassing than that. But in the American church, we've narrowed generosity to be about how much our budgets hold and how many staff people we have. And anyway, another conversation for another day. But I do think, does the capital C church know what generosity is anymore either? Is that a bold, blasphemous statement? I don't think so. I think that's, I mean, it's a blanket statement. Let's just be honest about what it is. Cause there are certainly <laughs> places that know, yes, know what generosity course. is and how it works. Generality uh, like in, in like a whole, in the whole scheme of things, I think there is a, in terms of when we're talking about the way that generosity used to work, that is something that we haven't quite figured out how to be in the new space of just not expecting that generosity comes in the way that it, in the way that it used to. Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel like there's some richness in the conversations we can have with young people around generosity that we can learn from, uh, because I think we can learn from where young people's hearts are currently at. And then if we start to hear and have the ears to hear, because there's two, that's two different things, right? We can hear it and we get, but having the ears to hear means that we are able to that we're going to actually like do something with it. But if we have the ears to hear where their hearts are and what that means to them, there might be some inspiration to those of us who have been a part of this system for, for way too many years and are so kind of jaded and lost within it and swept up by the kind of corporate institutional church that maybe we can learn something about where, where our young people's hearts are at and then start to change the narrative about what that looks like for the larger church. And I think maybe that, instead of like making sure that they have a seat on the council and that they are, have positions of power and things like that, that like the power comes through actually listening and hearing where their hearts are. And then 
um, shaping community around that kind of heart. So, uh, you know, that's a, a start. It's still an ambiguous kind of start, but maybe it is just like, if you're still doing youth group, uh, maybe that's, maybe that's the conversation you have in, in youth group to start to figure out like where your kids' hearts are when it comes to the impact they can make in the world or just, I mean, or just in general where their hearts are, but like that impact piece, that identity piece. And then that maybe goes out from there. It, it trickles down to the young, to younger kids and how we can build hearts of generosity and stewards servants that that way, but also starts to inspire the way that we shape the space that we're creating in church. Hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's, um, we're, we, you know, we started this conversation wondering about how we can, uh, have conversations with, well, people and, you know, young people about how their hearts are generous, but then what do we do with their generosity? It's like having the wherewithal to ask people, young people, where, is your heart at and then being able to do something with that like this ma- it matters where your heart is at and here's how it matters here's what we can do with that what here's what you can do with that in this community and and to mm-hmm. see that like things happen because of what matters to you you know i can't good. say i can't say I, that i've always seen that happen a good and ongoing conversation i think mm-hmm. tell us what you think listeners <laughs> How do we build this? Yeah. How do we get to a point where a a 10th grader can walk into your office and say, I want to do something about the hungry people that I saw on the street over there. What do we do about it? And then we do something. Not only do they know that they can that they can recognize that they care about it, they know where they can go to say that they do care about it. And then they have the confidence to know or the yeah, the confidence to know that something can be done. Hmm. It's a good conversation in a world that continues to demand, you know, more and more and more from us, you know, where are the places we can give our energy that make, that makes a difference, that makes an impact. And that is enough because we're on the other treadmill. You're never going to reach a place where you can give enough of yourself to it. But within the context of like faithful community, and you know being disciples of Jesus there like you can give enough of yourself that makes an impact in if you're doing if you're following the heart that you've been given and i think that's the that's the key to finding the 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 way forward specific, specifically in this realm of of uh conversation but hmm. lots of places to go from there so i love that follow the heart you've been given i'm going to write that one down adam all right. Write it on a post-it. Put it on your computer. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna write it down. Wait. It's gonna go on my wall right here. Thanks for that. You're you're welcome. Quotes by Reverend Reverend Butler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look for my book. Could look, you give us some quotable <laughs> announcements, please? Yeah. Look for my book in 2024. Yes, let's close with some announcements uh for you all. Uh, extravaganza 2023 registration is open. Registrations are coming in fast and furious. So if you're thinking about going, get yourself registered soon, please. It's going to be a great time of renewal, learning, and networking, and you're going to want to be there. So more information is found at ext23.org. 
The network has introduced something brand new. It's called Oasis. Oasis is an online event that will happen two to three times a year. It's 90 minutes of learning and conversation. The first Oasis happened last week. Uh, we had Mark Iaconelli talking about his latest book called Between the Listening and the Telling, How Stories Can Save Us. The best part about Oasis, though, is that if you have a network membership, Oasis is free included. And for non-network members or basic network members, the cost is only $25. You can get more info on that at elcaymnet.org slash Oasis. You've also heard us talk about Martin's List, a resource sharing website. There's so much on Martin's List. Don't forget when you create something, when you write something, you can share that with others on Martin's List. The work you've done to create can be of help to your colleagues in the network and their work can help you. That's what Martin's List is for. If you want to check that out, it's martinslist.org. Thank you for all of you who contribute to that important resource for our network. And thanks to all of you who are members of the network. Your membership makes things like this podcast happen and our mobile app, our Connect Journal, Discipling Cohorts Initiative, and Extravaganza all the things that we do, it makes it all possible. So if you're not a member of the network, we encourage you to join. If you are, double check to make sure your membership is up to date. You can do so by logging into the site and clicking on your name at the top to see your account status. We're grateful to be a community that cares for this ministry. Thanks so much for listening. New podcasts will be released on the third Tuesday of every month. Be sure to subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts so you can receive them as they come out and share it with your friends, people. Thanks. And finally, thanks to Paul Amlin, the 3TC producer, for his work. We hope you have a great week, a great month, and take care, everyone. Bye. 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 <laughs> 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 <laughs>